we are the daughters of the witches you could not burn. This is Mal. <laughs> Ooh, and this is Cam. <laughs> this is Their Eyes Were Watching TV, a TV and film podcast. Can you believe it, Mal? It has been an entire year since we started doing this podcast. Well, publicly doing this podcast. <laughs> I think this is like year five or something for Hey, they don't they don't need to know that behind the scenes info. Save that for the documentary. <laughs> but yes, I cannot believe it's been a full year of uh sharing our uh passion project with law. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm I'm proud of us that we've actually stuck with girl, it. <laughs> girl, for me too. Honestly, you especially you have very <laughs> 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 Hey now. <laughs> but it has been a joy hosting this and shooting the shit with you. Can't wait to continue in year two. Me too. Hopefully many years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna be doing this when we're 80. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Hopefully podcasts of the world are still around. <laughs> oh God. Yeah see how that climate change works out well this is not only a special episode because it's our one year anniversary it's also halloween (laughs) this is a special episode where we will be talking about our favorite halloween movies tv shows and uh memories of old hollows eve past (laughs) (laughs) and i believe you're gonna have some trivia as well oh yeah a little you know fun facts see what y'all know and what mallory knows about this uh made up celtic and irish holiday (laughs) you sound like a big fan of halloween well you know i grew up in a religious household we did not uh celebrate (laughs) halloween we were at the hallelujah harvest I was just about to ask, did you go to church on Halloween? Yes, we did. The only trick-or-treating I did was at school (laughs) or the church. Well, what was trick-or-treating like at the church? Did you wear a costume? Yeah, like you would still wear costumes, you know, nothing like scary. Um, Oh yeah, nothing devilish, I'm sure. Yeah, and they'd have rooms that you could go to and get your little candy or they'd play games and you'd win candy, you know. Okay, that's cute. Yeah, it's, I don't know, to pacify us Christian children, <laughs> all of our peers are getting tons of candy. <laughs> well, obviously, I did not grow up celebrating it either. So, yeah, I just remember we would always, like, turn off all the lights and <laughs> just kind of, like, laugh when people would come ring our doorbell. Because we were not handing out any candy to anybody. <laughs> you laughed at them, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else? Like, I'm a kid who can't go trick or treating. Like, you know, I guess that's how my family made it fun. Like, haha, we're not uh, not giving them candy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what y'all are doing? Exactly. Just. <laughs> <laughs> fingertip to fingertip even <laughs> laughter yes <laughs> so i guess we'll get started with some of our favorite 
Halloween movies, horror movies, you know, spooky season faves, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it's kind of, I feel like we we kind of pick from like a wide range of things, like because mine definitely are not. Halloween. I was to say we. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Maybe all yours are very Halloween specific, but. Uh, so my number one favorite horror movie, and it is the only horror movie that I own on DVD, because usually I'm too scared to watch uh, scary movies, <laughs> but uh, Skeleton Key. I love the Skeleton Key. It that was is a good movie. So fucking good. So it stars Kate Hudson, and she goes, to, it's like in like New Orleans or somewhere like outside of New Orleans, and she goes to stay in this house um, to help this like older lady and her I think it's supposed to be her brother who is um has like some physical limitations and he is unable to talk so like I don't want to give too much away but basically like she thinks he can't talk but then one night he is able to mouth to her like get out and because there's been like a lot of spooky things happening so then she kind of gets freaked out and oh my god I want to tell the twist because the twist is so fucking good but like I think you can (laughs) I guess it it did come out in like 2006 or something right okay all right fine if you spoilers in (laughs) this episode if you have not seen skeleton key then skip this part because the twist is so fucking good so this like mansion she's working at is like you know an old mansion from like probably the turn of the century and we see like the history of it and there's like this white family living there and they have like a black man and woman who are servants in their home I would assume this is maybe like 19 teens 1920 something like that so one night they find um the black couple in the attic with their son and daughter and they've drawn some kind of like you know circle on the floor and they're doing some kind of ceremony of swords maybe you know like voodoo or something like that and so the parents are furious they pull the black couple out of the home and they end up lynching them in the yard and you see the white family including their two children standing in the window watching as uh as these people are lynched so you find out at the end of the movie the ceremony that they were performing they were uh, like switching their souls into the bodies of the children Mm -hmm. so that white family had actually hung their children and so throughout (laughs) so good it's so good (laughs) the ultimate revenge story (laughs) yes so throughout time uh basically this black couple has been um you know finding new people so they can keep living and so Kate Hudson comes and the the black woman is in the body of the older white woman and then the black man is in the body of a younger white man who's like I can't remember what he is um because I honestly haven't watched in a while but anyways like Kate Hudson's best friend is played by Joy Bryant and so when she comes looking for her the older white woman tells the younger white man 
he he's she's like oh you know I really want I want to be in her like basically like she wants to be in a black body again and then the white guy says you know the black ones never stay (laughs) I was like I know that's right we getting the fuck out we ain't investigating nothing but yes highly recommend it is one of the few movies that one of the few horror movies that I will like rewatch and that I just like really enjoy um so yes I was trying to find the audio because I think the creepiest thing about that movie was like the I think it was like preaching maybe was his name justice or like justify or something I think so yeah it was like a recording of him like preaching and somehow they made just like the church revival (laughs) just seems so creepy and scary um I just remember the music being really like effective in that movie yeah I should generally I feel like anything before 1950 feels a little scary (laughs) because I just feel like there's so much everyday life it just like have you ever heard of like Robert Johnson like the blues musician from Mississippi Mm -mm. so he's like a very like one of the like like a blues music legend but he was around in like I think like the 20s and 30s and there's some rumor that there's like uh an intersection and like a dirt road in Mississippi where he met with the devil and sold his soul and there's like a picture of him and like they made like the shadow behind him look like it has like devil horns coming out Mm. like that's just like you don't I mean you know there's people talking about like oh you know that person is Illuminati or whatever now but like there's there's not like stories about like no one's meeting in a dirt road in Mississippi these days like like, (laughs) I don't know the shit was just like until we get to like people doing the twist and you know chubby checker and all that kind of shit like the shit was scary so I just feel like what you were saying about the revival I'm like yeah I bet it was scary because it's probably like in like a tent or whatever which is how like when you tell me that you went to like a church revival I still imagine it being in like a tent (laughs) they're indoors now (laughs) like it has to be in a large field and some kind of tent but yeah great great movie that was actually on my uh like honorable mention list Mm, okay I enjoy I too own it on dvd yes yes incredible so another movie that I would I don't know if it's like I feel like it's maybe borderline like horror scary and psychological thriller but the others starring Nicole Kidman mm, that was that, a good one too yes now that movie I have not watched since I saw it in theaters <laughs> when I was a kid um <laughs> because that one scares me a little bit more because it deals with like ghosts and stuff and I do not fuck with ghost shit so <laughs> um but basically it is set in World War II and Nicole Kidman and her kids are um living in this house uh, I believe they're in England and her husband is off at war and basically they're having like these encounters with like these ghosts or whatever living in their home and you know they they're basically getting stressed out like why is this happening here and then um we see like Nicole Kidman's husband comes back like for more and stays for a little while but then he kind of just like mysteriously leaves like it's all just kind of like weird but the thing that like I really did not like in the movie was they showed like death photographs which was like I guess like a big Mm, thing um 
again pre 1950s and the scary time and (laughs) so people like when people died they would like set them up on prop them up on like couches and take photographs so again spoiler if if you have not watched the others skip this part but if I remember correctly I think she's looking through some of the photos and she ends up seeing like a picture of like her family or her kids something like that and so Mm. then the plot twist of that movie is that actually they were the ghosts and the the ghosts they thought they were encountering were like the new family who had moved into their home Mm -hmm. so it is uh it is it is very good one one of these days I'm gonna rewatch it because (laughs) I know (laughs) I know I really loved it but I refuse to watch it by myself or at nighttime so yeah, I don't. Re- I don't remember the others being that scary. Like a couple of jump scares, but once, I feel like it's it's not like a similar movie. One of my favorites, The Sixth Sense, where you kind of find the find out the plot twist, mm-hmm. and then the movie ends. This one, the movie like goes on for a little bit longer, right? Like after you know that they're ghosts. I don't think it went on for that long because, like, I feel like I remember like one of the kids who lived there, like the living kids like I think they were like scared because they were like what's behind like the something's trying to open the door mm-hmm. and then I think when that kid opened the door you see it's just like a regular kid and then it's like oh they were you know they were the ones who were living here and like Nicole Kibben and her family were like kind of bothering them I guess yeah yeah I just remember the kids being bratty <laughs> yeah that sounds right <laughs> <laughs> I remember she because like I said the majority of the movie is just her and the kids and she has a shotgun like to try to protect them because she's like you know what's happening in her house whatever and I just remember that night after seeing it I was dozing off to sleep and I felt like I heard a shotgun and it startled me out of my sleep and yeah (laughs) maybe that's why it seems a little scarier in my head you know I'll give you that some of some movies that I find scary aren't actually that scary like i remember shutter island love shutter island read the Mm -hmm. book saw the movie and i remember watching it at home by myself and it was like storming outside the same way it was in the movie so like the ambiance was scary Mm -mm. (laughs) not necessarily (laughs) the movie but in my mind like i remember it being scary because of that oh my god yeah you had like the perfect setup to be terrified (laughs) that was terrible (laughs) So my third one is Interview the Vampire, which stars Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Also Kirsten Dunst, uh, Tandy Newton, or Tandaway Newton, and Antonio Banderas. So full name, Tandaway. (laughs) (laughs) You know, she she said we had, had, her name had been, you know, misspelled or spelled incorrectly for years. So I'm trying to, you know call her by her correct name but (laughs) but yeah i mean i'm sure you all have seen interview with the vampire Um, i actually forgot she was in that movie yeah actually when they were filming that movie she briefly dated brad pitt oh yeah Mm. (laughs) why'd you say oh i mean you know i don't know i guess (laughs) do you think brad pitt's hideous like (laughs) no i do feel like he's dated a lot of people in hollywood but oh, I don't yeah. know. There's like, you know, allegations of him abusing his kids. Who knows if they're real or true? Yeah, that like I just heard about that, like maybe over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know if I'm late or did they just come out? 
I think it's a recent. Okay. Recent. So rumor. is this like Angelina? Like, who's yeah, it? I think like, she's like trying to not get give him custody. I think it's something with the, like their custody or are they actually divorced or are they still getting uh, divorced? I think they're fully divorced, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah, that's something to do with the kids and some type of settlement between the two of them. Uh, I don't know. Man, yeah, that would that would be terrible. But yes, this movie from 1994, I believe. Tom Cruise plays Lestat and Brad Pitt is Louie. Uh, they're vampires based on Anne Rice's books um, about these vampires. And again, it's been a minute since I've watched this movie, but just to give a general overview, I believe Louie had bit, uh, I'm sorry, Lestat had bit Louie. So Tom Cruise bit Brad Pitt and it turned him into vampires. They were kind of like frenemies and Brad Pitt's like a little angry that like he just didn't let him die. And so- Very you know, angsty vampire. Brad yes. Pitt was. Yeah, it's very, they're very dramatic. They're very, um, also like the clothing, very flamboyant, very fabulous. Um, it's like aesthetically, like it's a lovely film as well. But they end up turning Kirsten Dunst into a vampire as well. And she's just, at first, like, it's cool. But then she gets really upset when she finds out, like, she'll never age. So she's like, I'm going to be stuck. Because, like, at this time, Kirsten Dunst is, like, 12. So she's like, I'm going to be stuck as a little girl forever. And she starts acting out and et cetera. But, yes, it is now a, like, show on AMC, mm-hmm. which I mentioned before it stars... Uh, Jacob Anderson who played Grey Worm on Game of Thrones I have not watched it yet I need to start it I think it's only like maybe two or three episodes in but oh no I think there's like four or five now um I started watching it's good it's good (laughs) that was one off (laughs) actually there's four okay Uh, I said four to five okay (laughs) could be two off (laughs) but good to know that you're enjoying it um yeah I just uh, people always told me that I need to like update my vampire references because like I've never <laughs> seen Twilight um I just like really fuck with Henry the vampire and like I said now I don't have to because now it's a show with Louis and Lestat and yeah oh I forgot to mention too in present day Christian Slater plays a reporter and he is interviewing Brad Pitt's character and Brad Pitt is telling him all about his story from like the 1700s up. I was um as I was doing some some trivia research for today, I came across a little fun fact. Apparently Anne Rice originally wrote the story to have two female leads as wow. Louis and Lassat. And she had Angelica Houston and Cher in mind yeah, <laughs> i'm girl. like why did we stray from this why hasn't anybody remade this i want this story with women as essential characters wow so did they have different names um i didn't get into that much detail okay. fun fact was that <laughs> it was originally <laughs> written or wow. thought of to be centered around women i don't know why they changed why she changed but I thought that was kind of cool. I That's wish. crazy, yeah. Some, especially like 
Angelica Houston, you know, just imagining her as like Morticia Adams. Oh, mm-hmm. she would have fucking killed that shit. Both of them. Both yeah. of them. Yeah. I actually think maybe they look a little too similar to they probably would have styled them differently, but you know, they're yeah. both kind of like dark haired, tall, slender women. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would have they could have made them look different enough. Yeah. Damn. I mean, it's not too late. Maybe we could do something. <laughs> Some <laughs> a vampire movie with them. Well, Shares. I'm, I'm done with vampires. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like I'm done with them. You know, like after Twilight, there was like a huge like vampire movement. It was books. It was TV. It was film. We got Vampire Diaries. We got <sighs> all this stuff. Vampires a little played out for me. I mean, like I said, I never watched any any of that shit, so mm. I'm still good on vampires. And if we could get Angelica Houston and Cher, please, I'm, <laughs> I'm all in. Like, let me know if I can invest. That would be incredible. And Cher, like, Cher's like the same since, like, 1998. So, like, let's, <laughs> let's get her in anything she wants to be in. But um, last, I have a little... So I think we said we were going to do like three a piece. We have one little bonus, little fun movie. Okay. So, <laughs> so once again, another film starring Nicole. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this, Kidman. And <laughs> one Sandra Bullock, Practical Magic. Ah, also a good one. Also yeah. a good one. Yeah. So obviously not scary. It's, you know, At all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will, the Jimmy Angelov. Like when he comes back as like a zombie, it's a little creepy, but it's not really like like you'll be able to sleep at night. Okay, PG thirteen creepy. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, like you're like you're not gonna lose sleep over it. So Nikki and Sandy play sisters, and their aunts are um oh my god, Stockard Channing. I do not remember the other aunt's name. Okay, so yes, sorry. So the other aunt is played by Diane Weist. And so like they're like very into, you know, casting their spells and, you know, just which life. And <laughs> Nikki and Sandy have kind of like strayed from it a little bit. They try like Sandy especially just wants to have like a normal life. She's married, she has kids. And then Nikki's kind of like a party girl. Like she's out, like one of the early scenes we see her at a pool party. It's actually that scene of that pool party is actually the first time I ever heard Marvin Gaye's got to give it up. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, I was a child. Like, it's not like I saw this when I was like 24. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Practical Magic came out in 98. Yeah, I was like 11. And you hadn't heard Marvin Wait, Gaye? Right. Your, well. your parents did not do you just. <laughs> no, I'd heard Marvin Gaye. I had not heard that song okay i would no. i was actually very obsessed with 70s music because that's my mom's favorite music but i just had not heard that song okay so but yeah this pool party she meets this like sexy guy um jimmy angelov who is played by goran vishnik oh the dude from from like er ER. yep Mm -hmm. um he was also in like this is us um and a bunch of other stuff yeah he played young beth's uh dance teacher oh (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah so they start dating and then eventually he becomes abusive toward nicole kidman's character so after this happens um like whatever 
I don't need to go into the whole thing, but <laughs> they, they end up killing him and he comes back as kind of like a zombie and he's, you know, going after the family. So then Nikki and Sandy have to get back into the witchcraft and, you know, relearn the stuff from their aunts if they want to like save their family line. But along with um, Got to Give It Up, it's also the first place where I heard Put the Lime in the Coconut by Harry Nilsson. I don't know if I know that one. I love it because it's when they make Midnight Margaritas. Do you remember that scene? Mm-hmm. And I just, like, I have wanted to do Midnight Margaritas since I saw that movie. <laughs> I was just like, I want somebody to, like, wake since me up. Since you were 11. Yes. <laughs> like, I want somebody to wake me up and be like, midnight margaritas and then we go down and like we dance and, like have margarita like I just I love that like <laughs> that seems so fun but it's the sign that's like put the lime in the coconut and drink them both together put the lime in the coconut then you feel that yeah yeah okay so love that song and yeah it's just movie just expanded your musical horizons <laughs> huh <laughs> it really did Who good knew? soundtrack good soundtrack but yes excellent movie highly recommended it's good good for spooky season good family film (laughs) speaking of sandy d movies and uh discovering music um did you say sandy d yeah sandy b oh b i was like yeah d look at me i'm sandra d (laughs) sandy b one of my favorite Lauren Hill songs is nestled in the soundtrack of what is the movie she did? Uh, yeah, the Yaya. Oh, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. Yes, ma'am. I remember like hearing that song and was just like, they got Lauren Hill in this movie. <laughs> like, what the? <laughs> what the fuck? Wait, which song is on that soundtrack? Uh, I think it's uh, Selah. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I guess that would make sense because it's a whole movie about like mother daughter <laughs> relationships. Mm-hmm. Wow! Such a beautiful song and good movie. Good movie. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Not so, at all scary. <laughs> no, no, but pretty sad. Pretty uh, <laughs> pretty emotional. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I have another Sandra Bullock film. <laughs> and musically and also a Lauren Hill tie-in um so Sandy one of my all-time favorite movies is Hope Floats with her and Harry Connick Jr. Mm -hmm. and her and her um daughter and her nephew they sing the Temptations I Can't Get Next to You Mm -hmm. and I had not I had not heard that I had heard Temptation songs I had not heard that song when I saw that movie again 1998 (laughs) say were you just listening to the the radio cuts not the the deep album cuts of these artists i guess but to be although fair, these are songs that are on the radio like they're very popular songs nobody was playing the temptations i can't get next to you on modern radio <laughs> you didn't they were have playing like, like the... kp and envy or whatever <laughs> y'all didn't have like a classic soul station in charlotte we did, but my mom mostly listened to the jazz station mm. and she really liked 70s music more than 60s music. 
So the 70s music I got from her, the 60s music, I kind of had to get into myself in high school and like from my friends who listened to it. But love that song always makes me think of that movie um, because that scene is super cute. And then going back to Lauryn Hill, my favorite uh, childhood movie was Conspiracy Theory with Julia Roberts and Mel Gibson. I know, but (laughs) it's, it's a good movie. And it features Lauren Hill's cover of Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, I Can't Take My Eyes Off You, mm-hmm. which is quite possibly my favorite song of all time, the Lauren Hill version. Okay. So it was like my favorite movie, my favorite song, and then at the time, my favorite singer and my favorite actress, Julia. So it was like that movie had it all. Perfect storm. <laughs> Mallory's wet dream. <laughs> Ew. I hate I hate that a lot. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> anyway. Any other any other tie-ins or no, honorable mentions? <laughs> no, you just made me think about it when you mentioned uh Lord Hill and Yaya Sisterhood. So <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what are your favorite scary, spooky movies? Um, this was hard because I love, I do enjoy scary movies and I've enjoyed them since I was a kid. I was the kid where like my parents would tell them, tell me like, we're about to watch a scary movie. You should go to your room. And I'm like, no, no, I can watch it. And I'm like, you know, peeking through my hands and having <laughs> nightmares. <laughs> but I Try love it. like you grown. Right. I'm brave. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love them though. Um, I did realize that most of, I guess, what I would consider my favorite horror movies are like um, came out in like the two thousands. <laughs> okay, <laughs> kind of the horror resurgence movement. Um, I already mentioned this one, The Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. Um, great pivotal cult classic movie that actually they say started the horror resurgence in the 2000s it came out in 1999 i kind of feel like it did because then m night Shyamalan blew up after that right so this is m night Shyamalan's first movie before Mm. he ruined uh his reputation (laughs) damn (laughs) uh it stars bruce willis uh our man Haley joe osmond i think this was maybe his first or second movie yeah Uh, you know you know i love a child actor (laughs) that's that's a weird phrasing but continue (laughs) and also stars tony collette excuse me so a lot of heavy hitters in this film for you know uh a new director i mean i think everyone knows this movie essentially it's this little boy who is kind of an outcast he's seen as being very weird played by Haley joel osmond his name is cole spear he is really struggling to like be accepted by his peers, his family. Um, he just has these like really kind of outwardly weird episodes of like terror and fright. And Bruce Willis is a child psychologist who starts to help Cole kind of figure out what's going on with him. Cole reminds him of a former patient that he had who was played by uh, Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> randomly 
who has a similar issue like their their stories really mirror one another and he felt really guilty about not being able to help donnie's character back in the day so this is kind of an opportunity for him to redeem himself and you know get over the regret and guilt that he felt from that so the secret that cole reveals to only his psychiatrist is that he can see dead people and it's actually kind of really sad like once he reveals that like once you think about it like this child like walking around seeing dead people uh what comes to mind is that scene when he's at his school and he's talking to Bruce Bruce Willis about something and he gets like visibly very tense and afraid and Bruce is like what's going on and he's like there were people killed here (laughs) so you know it pans to like seeing these people I guess the school used to be a courthouse and they would hang people there so he would walk his daily life at school walking by like people hanging in the hallway and like no one else can see it but him um he's often visited by ghosts and he just really like lives in terror and fear and what i think makes this movie so great is that it's a scary movie but it's about so much more it's really about like communicating and honestly about unfinished business bruce willis advises him that maybe you should talk to these ghosts maybe you can maybe they want something from you because they're not all scary some are just you know his grandma comes to visit him and he's not afraid of her so he like encourages him to talk to him he starts getting visited by this little girl who happens to be a young misha barton from the oc (laughs) (laughs) come to find out misha barton died because her stepmother was slowly poisoning her and she had a little sister who she was starting to do the same thing to was it sharp objects (laughs) (laughs) oh so the little girl is visiting her uh him because she wants to help her little sister so he gets a message to the dad and uh luckily the little girl happened to have a video recording of her stepmom actually poisoning her so cole is able to get it to the dad the dad is able to get the little girl away and cole starts to feel good about his gift and the plot twist is that the whole time he's talking to bruce willis who is his psychiatrist bruce willis is dead in the opening scene of the movie donnie Wahlberg, his character comes back and like kills him basically for not helping him like you didn't help me i've been tormented my whole life so he kills him and that's kind of the the epic plot twist in that he's been talking to a dead person this whole time and what's great about the movie is the first time you watch it the second time when you go back you can see all the easter eggs that they put in the film to let you know that bruce willis is dead i mean cole literally says you know i see dead people and they don't know they're dead (laughs) they see what they want to see and this entire time bruce willis is like he's occupying his you know family home with his wife him and his wife kind of had some tension he thought she was ignoring him and she was seeing another person the entire time she was grieving over her husband's death and the the movie ends once bruce willis realizes he's dead and he kind of makes amends with his wife closes that door and the film ends 
So none of that really sounds scary, but the scenes where the little boy is visited by the ghosts are terrifying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I've never seen it. Oh, sorry. Spoilers. No, I mean, I, again, I don't fuck with ghost shit, so I will probably never watch it. But uh, obviously I've, everybody knows I see dead people. Everybody knows that line. And I believe I had heard that Bruce Willis, uh, you find out he's dead at the end of the movie. But how is he hired as Haley's psychologist if so he wasn't he wasn't so bruce willis thought because like dead people you're kind of you kind of live in a loop maybe you like Mm -hmm. replay things from your past and so he used to be a child psychologist so you kind of just see him happen upon cole like i think they're walking down the street and he like says you know he's friendly and the thing about Bruce Willis, he was shot in the stomach and the whole time he's kind of wearing like a coat. So mm-hmm. he doesn't appear scary to Cole because he doesn't have like a gaping wound like some of the other mm-hmm. ghosts. So once it's revealed that Bruce Willis is a ghost, they kind of replay things that Cole has said throughout the movie. Like, you don't remember how you got here, right? You just kind of like showed up. And that's kind of the thing with ghosts. Like they don't, they know they have a purpose, like they have some type of resol- unresolved thing that's keeping them on this earth. They mm-hmm. don't know what it is. So it's kind of their journey to either resolve it or find someone like Cole to help them resolve it in the, the real world. So all these ghosts are drawn to Cole because he obviously has this gift. And again, the whole time Cole knows like this dude is dead but Mm. bruce willis's character does not so when he starts to like analyze it he's like yeah how did i end up here how did i like find you kind of deal so we we don't really know they just kind of connect and bruce is under the kind of delusion that like i'm still a psychologist so i'm just doing my job Mm -hmm. so how when he's in the house of his wife and he's like oh i think she's seeing something else but I'm guessing she's just blatantly ignoring him. They show it more as like um, almost like two ships in the night passing each other. Like they're not, there's clearly like tension. She's always like coming and going and he's kind of like, uh, uh, you know, like trying to talk to her, but she's always mm. like running out the door. Um, So he doesn't even like recognize that she's not responding to you because she can't actually hear you or see you. And there's a whole motif of like red, red objects and things ghosts can't go through so there's like a red door to their basement which used to be his office he can never open it he can only go inside if the door is already open Mm. uh cole when he's afraid of the ghosts he like wraps a red blanket around himself to protect himself Mm. it's a great movie I, i think again the real thing about the movie is honestly the power of therapy. <laughs> oh, didn't see that coming. Okay. Right. My my adult mind can now see it's really about like the power of therapy and just someone listening to you because Cole basically lives like this very isolated and sad life and he never tells anyone what he's experiencing until he meets Bruce Willis. And 
through Bruce Willis's like encouragement and therapy, he's able to like come to terms with his gift at like 10 <laughs> and start to live like an actual life and not be in fear. So it's kind of like beautiful all in all to be a scary movie. But honestly, M. Night Shyamalan's best work uh, I feel like he has relied on the trope of the, you know, mega plot twist at the end for a lot of his other movies, but mm-hmm. this was definitely the most successful use of it. And I was going to say, it kind of also sounds like this was also, uh, sorry, I can't think of the word, but like a turnaround for Bruce Willis's character too, because he wasn't able to help Donnie Wahlberg, but he was able to help Haley's character. Yeah, I think in in some way it it gives you, I think it tries to give you hope that unresolved issues in this life can potentially be resolved in the afterlife. (laughs) Yeah, I'm about to come sleep on your couch. Even that, like, (laughs) just you describing the movie, I was like, "Mm -mm, no, ma'am. It's a great movie, like, especially at the time that it came out, like, it was a huge deal, like, the, the plot twist a huge deal even before social media people were like talking about it yeah yeah i I definitely remember that the only m night Shyamalan movie i've seen is unbreakable oh terrible (laughs) terrible (laughs) the village is also good and very similar there's a plot twist Mm -hmm. except for that one at the end it's disappointing like once you find out the plot twist like this is some bullshit this ain't (laughs) this is whack (laughs) (laughs) okay the next movie i kind of forgot about it but as i was like looking through my list of i tried to pick movies that i was either like impacted by or like genuinely felt a little terrified about and this one is called the strangers this came out in 2008 and it stars Liv tyler and scott speedman from uh felicity is this like in a hotel or something? No. They're in a cabin in the woods. Okay, if this is Okay, continue. Continue. <laughs> so The Strangers, it's one of those movies where like everything takes place in like one one location. Mm-hmm. So, um Liv Tyler and Scott, their character, they're a couple and they've gone to this wedding and after the wedding, they go to Scott's uh family home. That's like this cabin in the woods. And there's clearly tension between the two of them. I think he like proposed to her at this wedding and she said no. (laughs) So it's kind of like weird and uncomfortable. You might be watching like the disillusion of a relationship. And basically, you know, they're in this place. And I think, you know, she sends him out to maybe run an errand for her, I believe. Or actually, no, sorry, before that. They are, I think, arguing, and then they hear a knock on the door. Mind you, it's late. Um, They had been arguing, and Scott had called one of his friends to, like, come pick him up, because he was, like, upset, and, like, I can't stay here. You can stay here. I'll leave. And they hear a knock on the door. They think it's their friend, and it's actually this, like, random blonde woman. Mind you, they're in, like, the middle of nowhere. There aren't a whole lot of houses around, so they're like, "Mm, how'd you get here? And... (laughs) This woman's like really creepy, creepy. 
oh, she's really creepy. And she's like, is Tamara here? And like, Tamara? Who the fuck is Tamara? No, Tamara's not here. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so they keep arguing. And eventually, um, I think she sends Scott on like a cigarette run this is back when people were still smoking cigarettes, smoking cigarettes right. <laughs> <laughs> um so he leaves she's by herself knock on the door again it's the same woman and she's like what Tamara's not here and she's like are you sure Tamara's not here <laughs> is she like, really saying it like that yes like she has <laughs> like it's very like weird and awkward like what are you doing here at like midnight and who is Tamara? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she closes the door, keeps going on about her business, and then she had taken something down, maybe like the smoke detector. Something had happened, and she had like put something down, and then when she went back to pick it up, it was gone. And then come to find out, there's like someone in the house, and they like attack her, and the dude named Scott, he finally comes back. It's like a man. He attacks her. Wait, so not Scott Speedman? Uh, yes, yeah, still Scott Speedman. I don't know his character's name. In oh, so he comes and attacks Liv. No, Tyler? he comes. He comes back. So oh, she had okay. sent him on a errand. Yes, he comes yeah, yeah. back, kind of like mid attack, oh. and the lady who knocks on the door is back, but she has a mask on. And now there are like two other people with her: another woman and another man. And they're, like, trying to kill him. So the whole movie, they're, like, trying to get away from them. They don't know what's going on. Um, at one point, they had, like, found a shotgun. And they were, like, uh, they being Liv and Scott had mm -hmm. found a shotgun. And were, like, holed up in a room trying to protect themselves. And the friend that was supposed to come pick him up shows up. And he kills him accidentally, thinking he's one of, the, like, the attackers. <laughs> wow. So the movie's a little frustrating because it's like every time they can get away, something happens. So right. like they, they try to get away in the car and somehow one of the three people like runs them off the road or something like that or like crashes into them so they can't use the car. Then their friend comes, they kill him, but then they come out to come take his car and like they vandalized it and like cut it all up and done all this shit to it so they can't drive it. And yeah. Never in their minds did they say, let's just, let's just run. <laughs> let's, just, let's just run. <laughs> right. They like get holed up in their house and eventually the three people like tie them up and have them in a house. And they're like trying to reason with them. Like, don't kill us. Like, what are you doing this for? And their response was because you were home. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Right. God, dog. Right. <laughs> And then Ooh. they they proceed to like kill the two of them. Oh damn! And the movie ends with they're like the three of them are now driving down the street in uh, maybe their car. I don't know. The car that suddenly wasn't working is now working. They're driving away in their car. They happen upon these two little boys who are like missionaries, and I forget what they say to them. Maybe like the little boys are like trying to preach to them and they're like you know are you guys sinners and the people in the car are like sometimes <laughs> <laughs> and then the little boys they end up finding the house and like finding the two dead people come to find out Liv Tyler not dead she's actually alive so she like <clears throat> you know yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> right and that's how the movie ends mm. and 
why I thought this movie was so scary because it um kind of the theme of the movie is that for some reason I don't know why it's like post 9-11 but post 9-11 acts of violence are now random Mm. and they're not necessarily you know pinpointed on people it's just because you were home because you were at work you know I shot these towers down kind of thing so it plays on the whole notion that like rural america is supposed to be safer than Mm. you know urban america and also that women are not violent Mm. the the two main like people in this group are women so i think the story is based on uh you know the marilyn manson murders and also um wait marilyn manson yeah what no up manson what's his name what's his uh, name char char charlie charles 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 manson charles manson, charles manson yeah getting all these people <laughs> charles manson sandra d <laughs> <laughs> charles manson and um the writer his like hometown had had a bunch of break-ins so he kind of like meshed all that together and that's how we got this movie so for me i felt like in the time of like the airbnb and like cabin stays this is like something that could very well happen and it's terrifying yeah i i kind of wish you wouldn't have told me this because we're about to be in a cabin <laughs> in like a month well just don't answer the door for no random white people oh, well you know I, I already wasn't gonna do that so <laughs> in this movie do they ever tap on the windows maybe okay maybe i'm thinking about another movie maybe something else okay it definitely like terrorized these people and it definitely didn't seem random like y'all had to plan this out <laughs> the way y'all were like coming from every side and angle <laughs> there was a uh, very quickly like one of the first homecomings after we graduated i went back to chapel hill and i was staying with one of my friends and i just I have a weird thing about like bothering people and so originally I was, so I got ready. I think I've heard this story. <laughs> so that's why I think, I think she had watched this movie, but I was going to stay with someone else, but then she ended up going out in Raleigh. So at first I tried to like sleep in my car, but it was too cold. So then I drove to my friend's house uh, who I got ready at, at her home. And she had told me, if you need to stay here, it's fine. But I was just like, oh man, I really don't want to wake her up. And like, so I like got there and then I got out of my car and then I was like, maybe I can just sleep in the car. And I'm like, no, you already know it's too cold. Like you have to go. And so she lived on the first floor of her apartment. And so I like, I knocked (laughs) very quietly on her window. (laughs) And then I like, or maybe I did her door first and then went to the window. (laughs) And then like, I was kind of (laughs) waiting. went back to the door and I don't know why I don't know why I thought knocking on her window was a good idea but it's just like I was just like okay well like if she's awake she'll hear this but if she's asleep then she won't and like I don't want to wake her up if she's knocked out so so, it makes sense she like you know is startled out of her sleep by like a light tapping on the window and so eventually like I go to the door and I just wait there 
And then, you know, I guess she comes to the door and like looks out the peephole and she opens the door. And she was like, oh my God, like, what was that? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to wake you up or whatever. And she was like, like when I came to the door this time, if you, if like nobody was here, I was about to call the cops. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it was that movie I think it was the movie you're talking about maybe but she had watched some scary movie before she went to sleep and she said they were knocking on windows so she was like extra freaked out about it very possible they, yeah they were doing a lot of they were terrorizing old live yes <laughs> I I had the best intentions but I accidentally terrorized my friends <laughs> <laughs> oh man well, uh, my final favorite scary movie is The Conjuring that came out in 2013. And this one, it has its own little universe, but this was the first one and it was the, <laughs> the best as things usually go. But it stars Vera Farmiga mm. and Patrick Wilson. They are this, um, how should we call them uh they're kind of like supernatural investigators they are based on a real life couple by the name of ed and lorraine warren so what is this film based on a true story it's kind it's so ed and lorraine were real people who mm-hmm. would you know like i guess do paranormal investigations and like partake in like exorcisms of people Mm-mm. So I think it might be loosely based on some of their experiences, um, but I don't think it's like a true story. <laughs> mm, okay. So the entire movie is about, it's kind of like Amityville horror, if you've seen that. Nope. Um, well. It's <laughs> I don't the- see anything based on a true story. <laughs> well, it's this family that moves to like this big, beautiful house that is like dirt cheap. And of course, they're like, why is it so cheap? <laughs> um so they move into the house and like all these weird things start happening and i think it always happens at like three o'clock in the morning Mm. um you know where they're like kind of visited so they start hearing things they start you know kind of experiencing things the mom starts really having a hard time she starts getting like random bruises all over her body and it seems like whatever is happening is like happening to the entire family like they're being terrorized by something to the point like nobody can sleep it's like getting really bad i think at one point it maybe like throws one of the kids across the room (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry it's not funny but i think one of the the scariest scenes is they play this game called hide and clap no so it's like a version of hide and seek where you hide and i guess because the house is so big they play this game that everybody goes and hides and then i think you're allowed maybe like three claps so they'll be like first clap and you have to like you know you run to the sound like figure Mm -hmm. out where everybody is and the littlest child who i think is no more than like six or seven um she's the one looking for her other siblings there's a total of five of them and they're all girls so she's looking for them. She's in one of the rooms that has uh, this old wardrobe. 
and I don't know why this is the fact of like all kind of like scary movies, but there's always like furniture already in the house. <laughs> right, they, right. They just, they just keep. <laughs> and I feel like it, it probably looks very old. Like it's not from like 1995 furniture, yes. right? Like it looks yeah. like a an heirloom. Piece. Yes. It's all, like a always. it's an armoire. It's like massive. It has right. like, you know, double doors. So the little girl is in the room and none of her siblings are in the room, but she asks for like the third clap. And you see I think the wardrobe is already open, but you see these hands come out Mm-mm. and clap. No, you don't. <laughs> and you're like, oh. <laughs> like this ghost about to fuck up this little girl. <laughs> so she like walks towards uh, the wardrobe and maybe it like tries to grab her or like something like jumps down from the wardrobe, but it's like terrifying. It's terrifying. <laughs> so the families at their wits in the the wife is like i can't sleep like my family is like being terrorized i think by this point the whole family is like sleeping in one room in like the living room (laughs) to like protect themselves yeah so they go and see i guess she sees a news article about patrick not patrick (laughs) ed and lorraine (laughs) so they're having a talk at a university she goes to see them and she's like i need your help like please help me so they come, they do their investigation, and they're like, yes, y'all are being haunted. Uh, apparently there was, like, some witch that, like, killed herself on the property and basically claimed it, like, this is my land and I'm going to terrorize anybody who lives here. And so they are being terrorized by all the ghosts in the house who she has killed, like, throughout the decades of, you know, I don't know, occupying the land so at one point she we find out that the real target is the mom all the bruising on her body is kind of them breaking her down and eventually so that the witch can possess her the witch finally possesses her and there's like this huge scene of like the massive possession they're like in the basement of the house they have her like chained to a chair and she's basically like you think this chair is about to do something so she like levitates in the chair and like flips upside down. Wait, the wife does? The wife does because she's possessed. So the the mm. witch is like the the whole time they're all trying to save obviously the the wife. And the witch is like I don't care. Wait, about the this. ghosts are trying to save the wife? No. Oh, Ed the and family. Lorraine, the family. Oh, I, for, I forgot I forgot about Ed Lorraine. Okay, got you, got you. Sorry. <laughs> Ed and Lorraine are trying to save her. And the witch is like, I don't care about this bitch. I'll kill her. So <laughs> she like levitates the chair, flips it upside down, and is like threatening to like basically drop her on her head. Mm. And they have to have this whole moment where essentially, I guess the way you get rid of the demon is by naming the demon. So mm. they did all this research to like find the demon's name. I think her name was like Bathsheba or something. So they like say Bathsheba, you know, you shall not pass, kind of whatever. And I can't remember how they actually, I mean, they say her name and she flees. And then eventually, you know, everything's good, wonderful. And then Ed and Lorraine, um, they take, there are like objects of possession. So there's this, um, one of the little girls had found this, uh, what do you call those, like music boxes? Where like you open it up, like a little jewelry box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this was like for a boy, and it was like a toy. Okay. And so this like Jack in a box. 
sort of, but not not. Actually, it was a jack of the box. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It was a jack of the box. So this is like a haunted object that they take back to their home, and they have like basically this locked room of demonic and possessed things that they keep like away from the world in order to protect the world and then that starts the movie uh you see this inside of the room you see this doll who turns out to be annabelle and so that starts kind of the the series oh so oh that's right the conjuring annabelle like she's part of the multiverse right yes yes (laughs) so there is a whole multiverse it started with the conjuring i think there are three conjurings and then there are three annabelle movies and i think they might be making like another spinoff from this it's a bit much the conjuring is the best though genuinely terrified is megan part of the um conjuring megan the stallion (laughs) who's megan is megan the stallion part of the conjuring no there's a new like horror film and it's like i think it's a doll i can't i don't know if it's a little girl or a doll or like maybe both but um it's some some horror movie and the the girl doll thing is named Megan but there's like a part of the trailer where she dances and like somebody put it over um Beyonce's America has a problem (laughs) (laughs) I have yes so I was wondering is she part of this world part of that world <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Alex. laughs> um that i don't know i don't okay. think so they already okay. had annabelle so i don't think they're gonna do megan okay, <laughs> okay I got you. <laughs> <laughs> only room for one bad bitch in this <laughs> <laughs> but highly recommend all those movies and my honorable mentions are get out because it's not scary at all it's not but it's in the like horror genre and is it? um it is it is like, i feel like it's just a cautionary tale <laughs> <laughs> it is um i don't know it was a great it was a great movie and you know set jordan peele on his way i actually want to give credit to his film us it was scarier and yes yeah. mainly because like how do you take a song about buying weed with your homies into like a scary yeah. <laughs> a yeah. scary like terrifying uh theme song for a movie yeah. if you haven't seen it us he uses a song i got five on it and like i don't know chops and screws it and it's a terrifying ballad now <laughs> yeah what he did that with the song for note too which one was it Uh, i feel like it was was something like that but the only thing i can hear in my head is like nas and puffy you can hate me now but it wasn't that song but he did it with something for nope no that does sound familiar though but i don't i don't know what that one is. yeah i I can't remember what it was my other favorite is a cult classic not really scary, but still a great film. Uh, Scream. Hmm. It was a cult classic from the 90s, uh, starring a slew of people. Uh, Drew Barrymore was in the movie for like five minutes, uh, high <laughs> and by. <laughs> right. Um, but iconic scene. Iconic. 
She also, fun fact, her she had like a short bob mm-hmm. wig in that movie, and she said she wanted to model herself after Michelle Pfeiffer in Scarface. <laughs> That's okay. Random. For her five minutes in the movie. Okay. Sure. <laughs> right. Random, but great movie. Has a little plot twist to it as well. Kind of far-fetched, but still still a great cult classic. I feel like that, like how you're talking about The Sixth Sense popped off the horror revival. I feel like Scream kind of uh, got that like kind of teen horror movie thing going. And then we have oh, like, yeah. I Know What You Did Last Summer, Final Destination, all that shit. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. I think you had some... Uh... I well yes sorry Sorry, because when you when you mentioned your honorable mentions I know I said practical magic but I thought of two more I wanted to mention (laughs) you don't talk like two movies no I only did four I did my three and then I did practical magic I feel like you said like two other honorable mention ones but go ahead I I didn't you did (laughs) anyways please uh, I was just gonna say Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds Mm -hmm. love that movie um and it's not like it's like it's unsettling but it's not really scary but like now like anytime I see like a bunch of birds congregated I'm like uh oh uh, <laughs> and then the film Orphan mm. because I love the so in that movie they adopt like this little I don't know Romanian girl or something from like an orphanage and like they um you know she starts acting up and so they call the orphanage and the orphanage is like well have anybody by that name or, or like she doesn't <laughs> exist or something and then so when I was watching I was like oh god I was like don't tell me or like I thought they were gonna be like um oh no like that little girl died 30 or you know mm-hmm. 60 years ago or whatever but the plot twist was that oh yeah because the orphan was like hitting on her dad and so yeah so it was really weird but then we found out that the orphan um call her the orphan like the little girl was actually a grown woman and she had you know something that like made her like not age but she was actually like I think in her 30s and so I was like okay I like that like that's a respectable (laughs) plot twist I I didn't want her to be a ghost because I'm like okay but like I was like okay like so she's she's a schemer like I I like that (laughs) yeah she's basically what like Gary Coleman and uh Emmanuel Lewis. Emmanuel Lewis. Yes, yes some, something like well, that. Well, she wasn't a little person, but she just had whatever syndrome. Well, but I mean, you know they, they, Benjamin they, Button syndrome. I don't know. No, no, no. Because, but whatever they had, because they looked, um, you know, like much younger than their actual age. So maybe I think it was something similar. Somewhat. But once they age, they look like older men. They had, you know, forms of dwarfism. Okay. I don't know. I'm not an expert, so I'm going to leave it alone. But <laughs> yes, something along those lines. All right. Any any more? You got more? That is it. We, we do have to move on. Uh-uh! Not after, <laughs> not after you gave us eight movies, girl, please. I gave you three. <laughs> no, you didn't. And, and then two you had, honorable mentions. And then, no, you had like five honorable mentions. <laughs> I <had> two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, time for me to talk about episodes mm-hmm. or shows. Okay, so I just have a few episodes, like Halloween or fall, whatever, episodes of a few sitcoms. So first, um, the sitcom Mom, which which starred, or starred, um, Alice and Janney and 
Anna Ferris and what? <laughs> I thought these were gonna be like classic television, you know, eighties, nineties, <laughs> early two thousands. Is the mom still on the air? Uh, it went off in twenty twenty. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> are we not still making classic television? <laughs> mom saying. is a great fucking show. Uh, I've only caught snippets of it. it. It's very good. So. This is season two, episode three, entitled Chicken Nuggets and a Triple Homicide. So it's not actually a Halloween episode. So on the show, Bonnie, played by Allison Janney, and Christy, played by Anna Ferris, are uh, recovering addicts. So a big part of mom is, you know, them going to their AA meetings and, you know, basically just like being... Um, like living a sober life and things like that. So of course, having that kind of history, they have, you know, basically some consequences from their past. So um, they are living in an apartment together with Christie's two kids. They end up losing the apartment and have to leave. And at one AA meeting, Christy is, you know, sharing for the week or whatever. And she says, I'm looking for, you know, we're trying to find a new place to live because right now, like, we're crashing with my sponsor. So at the end, um, this woman who is a realtor comes up and she's like, we have a really great home or I have a really great home. And if you have time, I can drive you up to see it right now. Um, so they go see it. It's like a great home. It's like three bedrooms plus one den that you can make into a room. So the realtor says it's only $900 and Christy's like, well, did someone get murdered here? And the realtor's like, yeah, let's go look at the jacuzzi. And then they're like, (laughs) wait, 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 back up, back up. (laughs) What do you mean? And she was like, yeah, like a family was murdered here and their dog. But, you know, after like they cleaned the blood, they pulled up the carpet and look at these great hardwood floors. (laughs) (laughs) And so basically like Christy and Bonnie are talking about it and they're like, I don't know. Like Christy's like, I don't know if we can do this. And Bonnie's like, you want, because Christy's daughter, Christy's daughter is in violent. And she is to me, hands down, maybe the most unlikable character on the show ever. Damn. Like, there's people who are annoying or who are obnoxious, but Violet is just wholly unlikable. <laughs> like worse than the little boy on One Tree Hill. I didn't watch One Tree Hill. Oh, damn she's just like she's always angry she always has an attitude even after her mom has tried to apologize and has turned her life around she still like just has an attitude and even created a podcast called something like my mom's the worst or something where she just complains (laughs) about her mom so anyways bonnie's like um you want violet to come back and live with us right and so christy's like all right yeah so they end up taking the house and they're like, you know, it happened a long time ago. Like the likelihood of a murder here happening again is low. They've already had like a murder here. So we're probably fine. So anyways, they move up there and then Violet comes back and then Christie's ex-husband uh, comes by with their son. So the son Roscoe is like eight and Violet is a teenager. So, or she's like 18. So when Christy and Bonnie leave, she's like, you know, Roscoe, can you stay? Or sorry, to her ex, can you stay here and watch Roscoe? So they go to like the little general store. It's like a little small town. So it's real cute, real quaint. 
So they go in, they're purchasing stuff, and the guy's like, howdy. And they're like, oh, howdy. Like, we love this. Like, this is, you know, whatever. And then he's like, I haven't seen y'all gals in here before. And they're like, oh, yeah, we just moved into the whatever house uh, at the end of the road. And he's like, oh, the Williams house or whatever. And they're like, yeah, we guess so. And he was like, oh, do you know what happened there? And they were like, yeah, we heard about the murder, but it was a long time ago. And he was like, it was nine months ago. <laughs> yeah. Damn. And so they're like, oh, okay, well, well, that that's enough chit chat. <laughs> we gotta go. So they end up like, you know, looking more into it and they find out that um I can't remember if it was the or whoever like killed them, uh, it's called the fisherman because he carries like a hook and like wears like a, a yellow, you know, like the hat and the yellow parka, mm-hmm. like the <laughs> Gordon's fisherman. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, he wouldn't come back here, right? Like he doesn't have any beef with us. And then, so at the end of the episode, it's um, kind of like your Shutter Island, like night, like mm-hmm. it's, it's a storm and it's raining and they're hearing kind of like banging like around the house. And then there's like a loud bang on the door and they're like, oh my God, like what's happening? And then it just ends up being Christy's dad. And she's like, oh, thank God. We're so glad you're here. And, you know, they start telling him about it. And then all of a sudden, like the fisherman is like, you see him through like the back window. So Mm. it's like, he came back to like kill them. So yeah, not a Halloween episode, but sometimes honestly, because, okay. I go to sleep with the TV on mom comes on, I think between two and three or two and four. So if that episode comes on. Sometimes I'll change the channel because it freaks <laughs> me out. To, like, go to sleep it. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so the second show is Martin. You wanted something from the nineties. <laughs> Thank you. Something I can identify with. <laughs> you should watch mom though. It, it's, it's surprise. I don't want to say surprisingly, but I was surprised by how much I enjoy it. But this is Martin season five, episode five called Booze in the House. So uh, Martin and Gina buy a house from, uh, I think he's a real estate agent, something like that named Mr. Jenkins, who is played by Mr. T. And they are heading to a Halloween party with Tommy, Cole and Pam. So before going out, like they all, um, they're all in costume but they stop by the house so like Martin and Gina can get the keys and whatever. So it's like this whole episode is basically like a live action like Scooby-Doo episode because they're in like like what you were saying about how like these homes always already have furniture in them. So it looks just like the, you know, creepy mansions that like Scoob and the gang would like go to on Scooby-Doo and you know, they have like the revolving bookcases and they have uh, you know like the like the metal like knight costumes like the silver costumes that like always like somehow reach out and like touch you like like the house comes full of that stuff I don't know why Martin and Gina thought this was a good idea besides um it being cheap which I guess a theme carried over from the mom episode um you get what you pay for so Cole goes missing so the couples like split up to go find them or go find him and Martin ends up losing Gina and Pam ends up losing Tommy so they run into each other again in the hallway and Pam is relieved to see Martin but Martin is still like in fight or flight mode so he's doing like 
some kung fu moves when he sees Pam. And so she's like, you know, hugging on him, like, Mark, like, I'm scared. Like, and, he, you know, he's like, back up off me. But, you know, he's scared too. And um, I think she's like, Pam says something like, you know, we got to get out of here. And Martin's like, you know, we got to, no, we got to find Gina and Tommy and Cole. And she's like, why? <laughs> and, and so they like go back into like the living room and then like the lights go out. And then Martin's like, okay, you know, it's okay. I saw there was like a candle over on the mantle. So they've been like, you know, holding each other this whole time. He lets go of her to go like the candle. And then when he turns around, she's gone. And then there's a mummy coming in and he starts doing his like faux kung fu again. And then um, like Dragonfly Jones. And then um, he ends up like knocking the mummy out. And like in this room is the revolving bookcase. And so he ends up like pushing it and then he finds his friends and like like stuck behind there. So then they come out and um, they end up pulling the, just like a Scooby-Doo episode, they pull the like head off the mummy and it's Mr. T. <laughs> and uh, again, who was playing Mr. Jenkins, the realtor. And so they call the cops and when the cops come, they're like, uh, oh, he's been pulling this on home buyers for months in order to steal their money. So was, yeah, literally like a, a Scooby-Doo episode in uh in real life. Mine, mine is a pup. So. so the last episode I have is Will and Grace, also season five, episode five, just like Martin. And it's called It's the Gay Pumpkin Charlie Brown, which is a play on It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, the like Peanuts Halloween special. Mm -hmm. So this isn't really about Halloween. It's more just kind of like a fall thing because they go mm -hmm. to like a pumpkin patch. But it has two of my like favorite ever quotes from like Will and Grace. So basically the episode is like Grace like saw an ad for like pumpkin picking in the Catskills and she like basically like, I guess her and Will had like been talking about like oh we should do that and she casually mentioned it to Leo and Leo took it to heart but it's not something that her and Will like ever actually really ever planned to do so Leo um and sorry Leo was if you're not familiar with the show he was Grace's husband for a few seasons played by Harry Connick Jr so um at this time I think they're just dating so he shows up at Will and Grace's apartment and he's like hey guys like are you ready for like bike riding and pumpkin picking and so he walks out and Will goes he's kidding right we don't do things we talk about doing things but we never do them and then Grace says, I know, oh God, he thinks I do things. And then Will says, a pumpkin picking bike trip on a brisk fall day, it's madness. So <laughs> they like, they're like, well, I guess we have to go. And Leo brought one of his friends for Will. And his friend he brings is like a very short man. Like he's probably like maybe five, three. <laughs> and so- when like Will comes or when Leo comes up to like introduce them like Jack is there to like meet him too and then so like Leo and his friend go back down the elevator and Jack is like you know what you have here right and Will is like yeah half of my date and then 
Jack is like, no, you have like the elusive <laughs> pocket gay. <laughs> and Will is like, pocket gay? And Jack says, pocket gay. The perfect travel size homosexual, just pop them in a man purse, a briefcase, and you're good to go. In 10 years, they'll be making them all that way. <laughs> the pocket gay term is one of my favorite things ever. But yeah, like this episode is it's just it's it's fun because like I kind of feel I like I identify with Grace Adler a lot where I'm just like, oh my oh, god. Really? Yeah, yeah, actually just, I do. Just a young Jewish uh, interior designer. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> Basically, yeah, that's my life. Um, but just like like you know like nature and all like no like I want to be comfortable like I don't want to do this shit but the funny thing is you know Will is not into his little you know short king date and then at the very end of the episode like he says bye to Grace and then uh the like little pocket gay is like waiting in the wings and then he like sneaks him into his apartment so he was into it Jack was right (laughs) (laughs) pocket gay <laughs> makes, um makes me think of my favorite pocket gay yeah, Leslie was, Jordan yeah <laughs> so yeah this would we definitely wanted to mention that every America's favorite pocket gay that was such heartbreaking news to find out that he had passed away in that car accident this week so shocking man yeah my, my heart hurts for that one man he was just like it's just like a ball of sunshine and just brought like joy to so many people especially like during quarantine and obviously on Will and Grace uh playing Beverly Leslie Karen's like arch nemesis and with his um his associate Benji he was (laughs) man I just guy he was only 67 it just I really hate that a lot I do too. Him and Karen were my favorite. Their rivalry was yes. my favorite on the show. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I love it. Whenever he would pop up, he would always be like, well, well, well. They <laughs> <laughs> would always like knock her out of her seat. <laughs> yeah, rest in peace. Yes, absolutely. But yeah, that's all I have for episodes. You got some trivia for me, Cam? I do. Let's see what you know. Probably not a lot. You might surprise yourself. I mean, I surprised myself on the holiday episode, so maybe. I was going to say, some of the things you talked about, I actually had to eliminate some uh, my trivia questions because you might know the answers. So I'm trying to make it harder. No, I want those questions. (laughs) No. At least throw in in a couple of those. Like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Like, throw me a friggin' bone here. (laughs) Friggin' bone. (laughs) Okay. What famous celebrity's face is actually the mask that Michael Myers wears (laughs) in Halloween? Uh, William Shatner, right? Had, I did not know this. <laughs> this was news to me. I was like, William Shatner? <laughs> okay, the only reason I know this is like, <laughs> shout out to my homegirl, Ashley, because she is obsessed with like Michael Myers. Like she has a Michael Myers mask and she put it on the headrest in her back seat. So sometimes <laughs> she'll just have videos and she's like, look at Mike's hair blowing in the wind like when she's driving. Um, but she told me like she was like I was so scared of Michael Myers and then I watched a documentary 
And when I found out it was just like William Shatner, it took the fear away. So <laughs> that's that's the only reason I know that. All right. Shout Recla- out to Diz. Reclaiming the mask. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was shocked. I did not know this. And I'm like, it it does kind of look like William Shatner. <laughs> but apparently the studio had a really small budget and they used the cheapest mask they could find at the time, which was a $2 William Shatner mask that they just spray painted white. Wow. And that is how we got Michael Myers. So crazy. Who knew? <laughs> apparently you did. <laughs> <laughs> And of all the questions you could have asked, because like literally anytime I see Michael Myers stuff, I send it to her now because that's like become her like alter ego almost. You'll see it at the cabin. <laughs> oh, I, I just I don't want to. <laughs> well, I mean, like in her car, you'll see the mask. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> okay. What famous person died on Halloween? This is a multiple choice question. Okay, good. A, Audrey Hepburn. You know I know it's not her. B, Aretha Franklin. Mm. C, Harry Houdini. Or D, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, so I know Audrey Hepburn died January 20th, 1993, I believe. Okay, no one um, cares. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to remember, I feel like Aretha Franklin's funeral was in like the spring or something like that. I have no idea when Harry Houdini and Edgar Allan Poe died. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, they're both kind of like spooky people. Um, Is it Edgar Allan Poe? Uh, Harry Houdini, the famous magician, died on Halloween. All right. <laughs> what like what happened? Was it just a coincidence? Oh, I don't know. He died. Natural causes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, no research, no follow. The Spanish flu. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the Spanish flu. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Finish the song. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, he's picking up sticks. He's <laughs> he's coming quick. <laughs> Almost. Grab your crucifix. Oh God. This is a pretty. He's coming. But this a cru- he's not a vampire. I don't know. That's how the song goes. Okay. I, 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 guess, she's, I guess she's gotta stay prayed up with Freddie. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know I've I've never seen any nightmare on Elm Streets. Oh wow. Okay. No, because you know, I you know how much I love to sleep. Like I don't want to be terrified <laughs> to go to sleep. Like that sounds terrible. Ah. All right. Well, yeah, you didn't get that one, but good try. <laughs> okay. On season eight, the Halloween episode of Family Matters, <laughs> what was the name of Steve Urkel's ventriloquist dummy who comes to life? <laughs> Is this not multiple choice? Nope. <laughs> Girl! <laughs> I, I believe the episode is also named after the dummy. <laughs> Remember him having a dummy? I don't at all. Uh, uh, is there any hint you can give? I mean, it's very close to what his actual name is. 
<laughs> Stefan or <laughs> No. The dummy's name was Stevel. The evil dummy. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like the, this must have been when uh Family Matters started flying off the handle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think Stevel shows up two years in a row. So oh my gosh. All right. Uh, what was the first horror film nominated for an Academy Award? Ooh, fuck. Was it Psycho? No. The scene was filmed in Georgetown of this movie. Oh, The Exorcist. Yes. The Exorcist earned a whopping 10 Oscar nominations in 1974 with wow the 15 year old linda blair uh getting best supporting actress was she only 15 in that movie Burnley, wow yeah. wow yeah, yeah that's that's another one where it's based on a true story so i will never see it <laughs> uh I, i've never seen it either i just i don't really like too many demonic things okay not in this christian household um <laughs> I, my mom saw it you know back in the 70s when it was out Mm-hmm. and like i'm like you know i'm kind of a scaredy cat my mom is not and mm-hmm. she said that movie had her shook for a few days so i was like child wouldn't be able to sleep for weeks like there's no <laughs> i never need to see that movie but was alfred hitchcock not nominated for stuff in like the 60s apparently not it was the exorcist i wonder how they're identifying horror but okay because i'm sh- Okay, I feel like he was nominated. Well, that's not what the trivia gods are saying. (laughs) Yeah, because he was nominated for Best Director in the 50s and 60s. Rear Window, Psycho. Oh, shit, 40s too. Lifeboat, Spellbound. So I wonder how they're... I feel like that question is a little um, subjective. Did he win any? Wow. No, he actually never, he was nominated five times for Academy Awards, but never won. He did get like an honorary award, but yeah. Oh, so I guess that makes sense because you said the first one to win. So, okay. All right. Sustained or uh, whatever. Okay. (laughs) Fact check my questions. (laughs) 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 Righty um this is another quote that you have to tell me what movie did it come from oh god okay these are very like famous lines from movies that i'm sure even if you haven't seen them you should know them okay you ready yes here's johnny oh um the shining yes yeah um ready for the next one yes they're here oh god i oh man what is that from is it poltergeist yes yes carol ann like it's like a little blonde girl right carol ann yes. yeah yeah okay you did good you did good <laughs> all right um i would have voted for obama again if i could <laughs> get out <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh we all float down here <laughs> that was fantastic uh it 
yes. <laughs> okay, you're doing pretty good with these. Um, this is not a a quote, but this. Oh, movie... I like the quotes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> this movie, no doubt, tanked the Chianti sales industry for years <gasps> after it came out. Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Now that is, I do enjoy. That is a good movie. <laughs> Now, this movie, reportedly, after it came out, sales of caller ID systems in 1996, which was not a standard, <laughs> went up. They tripled <laughs> after this movie came out. At Scream? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who All is right. this? <clears throat> right. It's crazy. That entire movie would nowadays would be like... <laughs> <laughs> oh i'm spam, not answering this right spam likely right, <laughs> right. send the voicemail <laughs> okay so three horror films were all based off of the life of one serial killer named ed gein Oof, god two of those movies are silence of the lamb and psycho what is the third wow. movie Oh my god, I never knew that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh Hannibal? <laughs> is it <laughs> no. Techn- I mean, technically, like oh, oh well, no, I guess it would be the the lotion guy, not Hannibal. Shit. You're on the right track though. It is a movie similar to Hannibal-ish. <sighs> there have been several remakes of this. Some remakes psycho silence of the lambs and this third film there have been remakes of it mm-hmm. several it's based in a state that um their power grid is always going out texas <laughs> yeah oh is it texas chainsaw massacre yes <laughs> oh i have no idea what that movie's about so that's based on the real person so yeah, these three movies are loosely based off of this one serial killer named like, Ed. All yeah. those movies seem very different. So, right. I mean, in addition, they had other influences, but okay. I mean, Silence of the Lambs. His whole thing was like skinning human corpses. So mm-hmm. that makes sense for Silence of the Lamb and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Psycho, a little. That seems a little offshoot, but <sighs> well, like you've seen Psycho, I think. No, actually, I think I've only seen American Psycho. <laughs> yeah, very different. Um, <laughs> do you want me to say what happens at the end of Psycho, or are you going to watch it? No, you can tell me. It's it's very good if you ever do watch it. But so, like at the end, they find that uh, Anthony Perkins' character, like he's so obsessed with his mom, and then you find out his like they like open a door or some room and you think it's his mom in like a swivel chair but then you turn it around it's like a skeleton with like a wig and clothes on (laughs) so I don't so I just thought like you know his mom or whoever this person was that like died and he just like kept the skeleton but hearing this maybe he did skin her I don't know but the Texas Chainsaw Massacre I just assumed this was a person going like chopping people up I didn't realize it was you know, and and being done with it, I didn't realize he was skinning people with the chainsaw, which seems difficult to do. <laughs> I don't think he was doing it with the chainsaw. Okay, <laughs> I was like, but he had a whole 
thing where he would like wear a mask of like a bunch of people's like faces like so oh oh gross gross fucking gross <laughs> oh i hate that a lot <laughs> oh, well you did really well i'm so impressed thanks I, I feel like the quote section really helped me out that was, <laughs> i haven't seen any of those movies except for get out but that was fun <laughs> <laughs> So I guess now we can talk about our favorite Halloween costumes. <laughs> I would love, to, I never, I never dressed up until UNC. So I don't have any oh. like childhood costumes, but I would love to know if you have any favorite childhood costumes, favorite adult, favorite college costumes, and then favorite adult costumes, if you have any. Well, um, as I mentioned, I did not grow up celebrating Halloween. But you so, had church Halloween. Right. I had church Halloween <laughs> and like my mother would dress us up for like school, but she never went and bought costumes <laughs> for us. They were always <laughs> made. So I think one year I was a Girl Scout. Were I you was a Girl Scout? I was, a Girl Scout. <laughs> I was wondering. So I just put my uniform on. <laughs> um another year i was a businesswoman <laughs> i just had my mom's cool. you wore your mom's like dress suit dress suit uh <laughs> you know briefcase <laughs> oh please tell me there's pictures of that uh i don't think so thank god <laughs> <laughs> oh i think another year i was a ballerina i took ballet <laughs> your mom's thinking she's like two birds one stone she just really didn't put a whole lot of effort <laughs> into the costumes and to be honest i was i was fine with that it wasn't yeah. a big deal um even when i became an adult and could participate in halloween i still didn't really <laughs> yeah i think one year in college i dressed up as uh, just like a nondescript 80s person <laughs> okay <laughs> there is evidence of that and i think another year i was maybe like a butterfly or a fairy yeah i need to then, see these pictures <laughs> and then post-college i think one year i think i actually dressed up as a hipster like when they were like a thing and right. people were making fun of them I dressed up as a hipster um yeah this year i <laughs> me and my fiance we had planned to be <laughs> you know that photo of the rock from high school where he's got like the black turtleneck and the fanny pack, <laughs> the fanny and, like, pack the yeah. high top fade that was gonna be our costume <laughs> this year yeah that's i really want to see y'all in like twin rock outfits <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah what about you what were your best ones so obviously nothing from childhood, but I always wanted, you know how they have like the little um, like one onesie like skeleton costumes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Those were like when I was in like first grade, I really wanted that only because I thought it would be perfect if you got black Nikes with a white check. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, for like the bones in your feet. Like I just thought that would that would be such a perfect look. Uh, <laughs> Nike bones, yeah, bones in your foot. <laughs> what else would you? What else would work there? Uh, but 
I, I mean, I guess you could maybe have like a black Asics, maybe that would work with white. Anyways, since I didn't dress up as a kid, the first time I dressed up was freshman year of college. So it's like a big tradition at UNC where like everyone goes to Franklin Street, which is like the main street um, in Chapel Hill on campus. And you just kind of like stroll up and down the street and, you know, usually pregame, go out there drunk and yeah, just walk and look at everybody's costumes, take pictures, et cetera. So freshman year, I wore my high school um, like tracksuit from soccer. It was all red. And then I had a red, uh, like fluffy Kango hat, like LL Cool J used to wear. Mm-hmm. And I um, made a necklace out of like aluminum foil. And I put like an M on it, like my first initial. And I met up with my homegirl who went as a prostitute. <laughs> and- <laughs> it's hilarious now because she's like such like, a like prestigious person now it's hilarious that this was like her freshman year costume but um and I mean also Uh like (laughs) but also you know this is this was a long time ago like so it was uh you know probably not as you know nowhere near as PC as we would be now but uh so yeah so she had on like I believe like a tube top and like a fake like mink uh like little jacket and then she had on like a jean mini skirt and I don't know if she used like black like duct tape or whatever and on the front it said four and on the back it said sale <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> and and she wore a blonde wig and so like I said she's in that outfit and I'm in this track suit so we went but, out but who are you supposed to no no I was supposed to be a break dancer like a 1980s break dancer but then so we went out and everybody was like oh it's Missy and Lil' Kim (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't even because it was like yeah like after you know like gossip folks and like that like Uh uh, what was that album under was that under construction that had those songs on it I don't know but yeah it was after her like tracksuit era so yeah, we unwittingly became a <laughs> legendary female MCs that night. <laughs> My other favorite outfits, there's one I'm really mad that like we didn't get to like, I didn't get to wear it. So we, do you remember the Fantanas for like Fanta Soda? Yeah. Fanta, don't you want it? <laughs> you look hot in all that plaster, drink some Fanta faster, faster. So I was <laughs> obsessed with those commercials. So me and three friends, we were supposed to be orange, strawberry, grape, pineapple. I was orange. And so like the other girls went to go drink. I forgot what whatever that like adult housing was that was like kind of near the hospital. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, yes. The like Baby family house or something. Yes. Yeah. But then there were like some people, like just some regular students who would get in there <laughs> yeah. too. So like the other three Fantanas went to go drink at like somebody's place over there. And then I was pre-gaming, I think in my dorm and they got so drunk, they never made it. So I'm in like orange head to toe. And I'm like, well, I can't just like, this isn't going to make sense if I just go out in all orange. So I ended up like changing into like a soccer jersey and shorts. And I was just like a soccer player. But I was like, this sucks. Like this is such a good costume and we would have looked so cute. But anyways, yeah. 
And then um, as an adult, so really maybe the only time I dressed up post-college, I went to a Halloween party in 2016. And it was 2016 is the year that Beyonce's album Lemonade came out. So I dressed as her in the Sorry video. Um, she has on like this kind of, uh, I don't know, like pattern, like coat or jacket. And then her hair is in these like two um, like plaits. And so I dress as her and she's wearing like what kind of looks like a, like a Kenyan like um, necklace, like uh, was it a Maasai necklace? And then she has like uh, these dots like in the middle of her forehead down onto her nose. Mm-hmm. So, like I got like, this is the most effort I ever put into a costume <laughs> in my entire life. So I went into like Halloween stores. I bought a wig. I bought um, the little like face, like pencil things. I could put the white dots on my face. I ordered like the Kenyan necklace off of like Amazon or eBay or whatever. And I was, I was like, oh my God, this is great. Like I'm killing it. <laughs> I went to this Halloween party. Everybody was like, Pocahontas. Oh my God, Pocahontas. <laughs> I'm never dressing up again. <laughs> that, that actually just reminded me of my best costume that I have done. And the most effort I had put into a costume was me and my best friend dressed up as salt and pepper. <gasps> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. We had like an inflatable boom box. Uh, my best friend's husband was the manager, Herbie. <laughs> <laughs> that is attention to detail. <laughs> we had bought, you know, I had to, I went to like an African store and like bought <laughs> the like intake cloth uh, koofies or whatever they mm-hmm. call them. Uh, we had bought some like track suits or like uh you know what do you call that like a oh, cat suit like a cat suit yeah yeah <laughs> cat suit we had the you know the thigh not the thigh high but like the calf boots mm-hmm. and we had like some little you know baseball jackets thought we were doing it up super excited about our costume you know baddest bitches and of course, it's the year that Beyonce <laughs> dressed up as Salt and Pepper as well and put everybody to shame. It had like the authentic shit. <laughs> like we had even printed out the patches from their jacket and had like paper cutouts of the patches. She had the real shit, but great minds think alike. <laughs> I remember that because I, I thought your costumes were incredible, but I remember until. <laughs> until it was her miss tina and blue eyes <laughs> right they shut it down shut it down salt pepper and spinderella right. <laughs> but a for effort though y'all had very good costumes <laughs> and didn't even end up going to the party we were supposed to go to <laughs> wait so y'all stay home no we like rode by the party and it was kind of whack and we were having a good time at like the pregame at the house it was like you know a bunch of people Oh, okay. So it wasn't just like the three of y'all. No, no. It was, <laughs> it was like, like sad. you know, a good handful <laughs> okay. of people. We rolled up to the party. People were leaving. It looked whack. So we went back to the house and kept partying. Oh, good. That sounds fun. Yeah. It turned out to be a good night. Yeah. Nice. Well, do you have anything else about Halloween? No, I think this, I thought this was only going to be like an hour long episode. It got long. 
<laughs> as well, these things usually do. <laughs> well, I mean, we did have some technical breaks, so I feel like it might be shorter than we think it is. So you had to figure out your sound effects. So <laughs> I know. Will they even make it to this episode? I don't know. I feel like you're gonna listen back and edit, and you won't be able to hear shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, we definitely got just the- me screaming. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely got the Halloween music at least. So. <laughs> But yeah, um, thank you all so much for listening. And even more than that, thank you for rocking with us for the last year. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Especially our like, you know, diehard. I don't don't know if y'all are that deep into it, but like our like (laughs) consistent listeners. We really appreciate y'all. Were you going to say something? Uh, It was going to be shady. And then I realized I'm being shady towards myself. So no. glad you held that in because uh, then i probably would have been dragged into it too and, uh, but yes um just really appreciate all the love and support as always follow us on social media we're on facebook and instagram at their eyes we're watching tv all one word and we are on twitter and tiktok at tewwtv podcast you can um, listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, iHeart uh, Radio, and um, Amazon Music. So, yeah. Do you have anything else, Kim? No. Uh, piggyback everything you said. Thank you. Much appreciated for your listenership. Um, Honestly, I'm surprised anybody really listens to this. So thank you so much. Because <laughs> we don't pub it enough and we need to do better about marketing ourselves. But thank you to all those who are on the grassroots team and have been listening to us since day one. It really yeah. is. It really is a blessing. Definitely appreciate the I Street team. <laughs> but also a little shade toward our listeners y'all can help us pub it too <laughs> just, just side note <laughs> oh, but until next time until next year's anniversary thanks for listening <laughs> have a wonderful <laughs> what the fuck was that <laughs> What was that? Uh, that was my shriek. It's like <laughs> my, my ghoulish shriek. It didn't sound like anything. It was like, do it again. It didn't sound like anything. Uh uh-uh, uh, do it again. <laughs> okay, I heard it a little bit <laughs> time. I think it's so high pitch it kind of goes out. And <laughs> apparently, it, it also summoned your dog. <laughs> it was so yes. high pitched. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. I hope you all have a fun and safe Halloween weekend and we will catch y'all on the flip side. Have a happy Halloween, folks. (laughs) Bye.